Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, clap into the Lord. you Jesus I feel the Holy Ghost in this place Amen. I feel the same thing that I felt at home church this morning sister McGee I felt that Holy Ghost sweep through there amen y'all just best bear with us we've been around church all day long today amen and uh, God has moved and done great things and we've eat all we could eat and I'm telling you, when you go over there, there's just, well, you all know, my kids know. Man, grew up in that church, and man, I'm telling you, when they put on a feed, they put on a feed, and they want you to try it all. Man, I told them I had to take a walk before, after I'd preach, before I could go eat. Man, praise the Lord. God was in that place in a mighty way, though, and I think it spoke to some people's hearts. So tonight, we're just going to, since that sandwich done good this morning, I'm just going to feed you that same sandwich tonight. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm glad to be here. Glad that I'm able. Amen. This is the only second time since my heart surgery, March the 18th of 2015. This is the only, the, only the second time that I've preached two times on Sunday. And... Um, they, they, they could, they just, Brother Friel said, look at you, man, you just look good. You just, well, I told him I felt good, but it was all God and the prayers of his people that done it. It's, it's, it's all God. It's all God. Tonight, I'm going to turn to Proverbs chapter number 22. Amen. I want to read there. I'm going to read about three scriptures in your hearing and uh, not bore you with a bunch of junk and just get down to business with God. Hallelujah. Proverbs 22, verse number 28. I feel like that this is a sermon that we could preach. It was old-fashioned Sunday there, so we're just dressed like we were. Amen. We've seen a lot of bib overhauls this morning and bow ties and bonnets on ladies. and Hallelujah. And that's all right. Praise the Lord. I didn't walk around. I wanted to walk around through the sanctuary to see if there's any bobby pins left after I got through. I didn't know. Didn't check it out. But anyway, we're glad to be home tonight. Amen. Proverbs 22 and 28. Remove not the ancient. Everybody said ancient. Landmark which thy fathers have set. Then I'm going to turn to Deuteronomy 27. Deuteronomy 27, read one verse of scripture there. I know it's already on the screen this morning. I had to wait for him to turn pages. There was no, none of that this morning. No, no amplified piano, but just the baby grand 1920-something. Brother Mason, you would have loved it. It sounded awesome. Amen. I know he'd like to played it. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 27, 10, 27, 17. Cursed be he that removeth his neighbor's landmark. Everybody said cursed. And all the people shall say amen. Glory. I want to turn to Jeremiah now. I want to read one verse of scripture in Jeremiah. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 6. Verse number 16. Hallelujah. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways, and see and ask. Glory. See and ask. Somebody say see and ask. For the old pass. Where is the good old way? Walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, 
we will not walk therein. What a sad thing. Heavenly Father, I ask you to move tonight. You have today, Lord, already anointed and helped me. And God, I'm asking you tonight that you would do it again. Let me speak to home church today. Lord, stir the souls and the hearts and the minds of your people tonight, Lord. Awaken us out of our sleepiness, Lord, to realize where we're at. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You can be seated in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I want to preach tonight on the old landmarks. The old landmarks. We're living in a day today. It's so sad that we're living in a day that our landmarks is called in question. You know, it seems like in our apostolic movement that there is a trend toward, right now, leaning toward the world. Letting down the bars, if you please, Brother Terry. The old song I used to sing. We've let down the bars. Sheep have gone out and the goats have all come in. Hallelujah. The people of our day seem to clamor against anything that bears the seal of antiquity and seems to grow worse with each generation coming up after us. Sad. What has become known as progress in our theological circles has come to mean reckless abandonment of everything that age has sanctified down through the years. And I want to preach about it. Dogma is the object that is attacked because it has been handed down. Yet dogma, I'm, I'm, I want to get this down pat because I want you to understand this. Dogma is not bad. Dogma is nothing more than a formulated truth bearing the marks of age. So I must be dogma. Glory. Of long trial. Anybody been through any trials lately? And the warrant of reverence and authority. Now, if I don't know about you, but that sounds apostolic to me. Because if it bears, amen, the marks of age and of long trial and it warrants reverence, then we need it in the house of God if we've ever needed it before. Because there's not near enough reverence in the house of God for the God that we serve. He has taken lightly in our age, but I'm telling you, He is real in here tonight. I'm feeling Him. I know He's real. Ha! He's healed my body too many times. I know what he does. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah. I'm feeling it in here. Praise God. Is this not the world that we live in today? I've just described it to you. In Bible times, it was a customary thing to mark the boundaries of your estate by placing stones at the corners of the property that you own. And in those times, custom was held as law. In fact, the Romans even put a little extra thing on it. We read it about it in our scripture and said, Cursed be he. They placed a, 
a thing on there that said, if you move a landmark, you're going to die. A penalty of death was placed upon that individual that would remove the landmark. Now tonight, we're going to set some landmarks in this church. And and I, I need about three guys. Three strong guys. Glory. Now we're going to land, we're going to put some landmarks here. Put one right straight across from me there. Go to the back and put it at the back wall, back in the back on each side. Glory. Put it right there, Brother Mason, across from that one. Glory. We're going to set some lack. Hey, these are boundaries. Somebody said boundaries. Somebody shout boundaries. Somebody say we need boundaries. Oh, hallelujah. We need some boundaries. Now, I want you to notice something about the boundaries that we set. I want you to get this because the Lord began to deal with me when I first found out that I was going to preach over there. The Lord began to speak to me and said, I need it. you need to preach about the boundaries of being set and how the landmarks need not to be moved. Notice where we put the boundaries in the front. We did not set them from up front. Do you know why? Because we want the altar open. I'm about to get happy. I'm about to have me a holler right here tonight. Come on. Hallelujah. The altar needs to be open because there is, if there is ever a place that we need to meet as Christians, that's at the altar. So it belongs to everybody. Come on. Just don't lay nothing bad on it or God will get you. But if you come here to worship, then come to the altar and start your worship right here. If you've got odd against your brother, you don't need to worship until you've made it right at the altar. Come on. If you've said something bad about somebody, you need to come to the altar and get it made right before you're right to worship. Oh, glory. So we've got our boundaries set. Amen. We've got our landmarks laid. Hallelujah. I began to think, and I'm going to have to change some things as I go this right now because I was at home church, now I'm in our church. But we'll change them. The stones that were set many years ago in the sanctuary, I began to think back even before our first pastor, Brother Corbett, which was my childhood pastor in this church. He was there when I received the Holy Ghost. He baptized me in the Wabash River at Rochester, Illinois. I received the Holy Ghost at the first church. I began to think there was two people that were ministers in that first little church from 1941 to 1947. There was a lady that, that ministered there. She was not pastor. They helped out. They were Trinitarian folk. There was a brother Gold, and if I, that name would maybe strike a bell to some of you, maybe not, but I knew him. He, he, was, he was associated with what is now Heartland Worship Center. Amen. At that time, and he preached there. And then Brother Corbett came along. In 1947, I know this is, come on, I'm preaching an old-fashioned message. 1947, Brother Corbett, my childhood pastor, came along to this area. And it was kind of neat today because we heard stories that run right along with this pastor that it started in Indiana the same way it did in Illinois. We heard it, Sister Mickey. We heard it testified even today, how a great revival broke out in the burn school, which was sitting right where, almost where power plant is right now. Amen. And that used to be the church long, long years ago. And then Upper Hills Church. And then another Methodist church right behind where this church was, where Sister Joyce McClellan lives. You know where it's at. And they had revival. Brother Joe 
Davis was telling me about that revival that broke out. He said it broke out in all that area and said we began to have seen people baptized and just a great move of God. About the same time that Brother Corbett came to Kingsburg in 1947, he was an evangelist. He come to start a two-week revival and I think it ended up being like a ten-week revival with people being baptized, uh, people filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, amen. And they asked him to stay on as pastor and he was there until 1989 when he died and I preached his funeral and he asked me to take the church at that time he knew my life he knew my wife because my wife's family in fact my mother-in-law was carrying my wife when brother Corbett came there in that revival in this in this great glory hallelujah he pastored my wife before she was born. No wonder she's apostolic. No wonder she keeps me in line. Glory, hallelujah, I don't have that in mine. My genealogy does not have that. My daddy was backslid. He didn't come back until the first church. You know what brought him in? Hey, we had the old, we had the old, uh, uh, just a cord, electric cord coming down, Brother Mike. And a bulb screwed in it. Come on. We had a wood coal stove. Come on. We had the old board pews. If you sit down wrong, they pinched you. You know, and I think that's a way that the Lord's saying, get up. You don't need these seats. Hallelujah. Ha. That painted floors. Buddy, when you got happy, everybody knew it. They sure knew it when Mama got happy. Oh, and the windows, they would leave the windows open when we'd have revival, Brother Mike. You remember it as a kid. Oh, my daddy was backslid. My mama come to the Lord because I was in the hospital. Looked like I wasn't going to come out of the hospital. And mama began to pray and said, God, if you'll heal my little boy, I'll serve you for the rest of my life. And mama served God the rest of her life. And she kept preaching to me that I was going to be a preacher. I said, Mama, you're wrong. You don't make a liar out of Mama. She prayed too many hours. She knew. Hey, man, Daddy was standing outside the window. We was having revival. The place was packed out. You know, that means there was 60 people there probably. And all you had room to do is go like this. There wasn't no place to run. You know, there was just straight up and down if he was going to do anything. Daddy was standing out there, and he was standing outside that window, and they had the windows open. Spirit of God was moving. And then you had revival on the outside and on the inside because people come to watch. They look through the windows. We left the end windows open so they could get it. People down blocks heard it. Come on, church. I'm talking about old-fashioned apostolic move of God. We need to bring it back in the church today just like it was then. I'm feeling the Holy Ghost in this place. I remember Daddy talking about it. It It was some men out there watching it with him. One of them said, did you feel that? He said, yes, sir, it come right out that window, and I made contact with it. I felt it. I'm going to tell you, the next thing I knew, Daddy was on the inside, and he'd repented of his sins and give his heart to the Lord. That church became Jesus' name instead of Trinity. Brother Corbett was the first one to bring Jesus' name baptism in this part of the country, on this side of the river. Thank God for Clifford Corbett. Glory. And he set some stones down. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let me just remind you, the the altar is open because it's whosoever will let him come. Glory. Glory. I began to think about, and I'm just going to talk about since I've had the church and on up. Okay? There has been men that have been set and they've guarded these boundaries ever since we've been here. 
Glory. I'm going to talk about some of them. They're deceased and gone, but I'm going to tell you. Brother Bob Garrett, Brother Junior Weisenberger, my father-in-law, big old Brother Bob Young. Brother Bob Gross, you remind me of him. I'm going to tell you, brother, every time I grab your hand, I think of Brother Bob Young. We were excellent friends. And every time I shook his hand, my hand would get lost in his. It was big. Big hands. He was a loving man just like you. He was. He reminded me. Every, when that guy walked in the door, that's who comes to mind. That boy could guard the boundaries. I don't think anybody would shake their head and say no to him. I don't know how tall he stood. Stick six foot five, somewhere around there. He was big guy. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, there was men that put a guard on the boundaries. Brother Freddie, you're one of them that's helped guard those boundaries over the years. Yes, sir. Brother Terry McGee is one of those that's Help guard them. I'm talking about people that's been in position. Board members. Brother Jerry Mason. Brother Paul McGee. Junior. Come on. Men have guarded these boundaries. Come on. And I'm going to tell you, it's not always been easy. Let me tell you, we've come against some things. Oh, hallelujah. Woo, glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. These come to mind quickly that I think of. And I think we ought to give our stone setters a hand tonight. Somebody set this thing in stone and said nobody's going to move our boundaries. This is an apostolic movement and that's all it can be. We believe in the Holy Ghost. We believe in baptism in Jesus' name. We believe in healing and miracles and signs and wonders. We believe in worship. Yeah, we believe in worship and we do it. We believe in jumping. We believe in dancing. We believe in running. Hallelujah. Oh. We believe in pulling the plugs out and letting the devil have it. Oh, Whew. mercy. Hallelujah. There's been a lot of key men and ladies up through the years that have held on to this truth. And if it weren't for people like that, we wouldn't have truth. Thank God for truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're speaking of older generations that have guarded these boundaries down through the years. How dare the enemy of our soul to try to move our boundaries? That have been set. Glory. Blood, sweat, tears, hours, hours upon hours of fasting and prayer. Our whole church fasted. Everybody had their day that they fasted, Brother Terry. I had my day that I fasted at the power plant. They probably all thought I was nuts, brother, but I didn't care. I'm proud of who I am. I'm different. Come on, God's calling the church today to be different. If you don't want to stand out, you better not get involved. Because before you know it, when you really get a hold of God, you'll start just acting just as crazy as I do. 
You know why? Because when you feel this thing enough, you can't keep it bottled up inside. Jeremiah said, I tried to stay, but it didn't happen. Come on, I was about to burst wide open, so he began to preach the name of Jesus. Come on. He began to let it flow. Come on, church. We need to let the worship flow. You need not to hold this thing back. Sister Tammy, I like your worship. Me and you's going to get along fine. I love that worship. Come on. We need to not let nobody hold us back in our worship. Come on. We need to turn loose and let God have his way in this church. There needs to be a move of God like never before. Hallelujah. I feel him in this place. Glory. I hope when I'm gone from this place, somebody takes my place that'll worship. Come on. Younger generation, you better get with it. You can't be lazy and sit on your seat. If you're going to be a worshiper, be a worshiper. No matter how you feel. No matter how tired you are. I found out if I worship, I get strength. This is twice today I've preached like this, Sister McGee. Glory. I'm feeling this. Hallelujah. How dare you, enemy, to try to move my boundaries through my blood, sweat, and tears, and fasting, and praying, and doing battle. There's been times that we had to battle for our boundaries. It's like I told him this morning, you think the devil don't come to church? Oh, yes, he does. He'll come and sit in the midst someplace. He'll come and sit right in the midst. He'll say, now, Sister Cook, there's no sense you acting like that tonight. Don't you get all beside yourself and start that dancing, my goodness. Sister Cox, you better act your age. Don't you, don't, don't you get all carried away in the spirit on us now. Sister Sarah, I sure hope you haven't got your stomping shoes on tonight. Wouldn't it be a terrible thing if she goes stomping down these aisles, stomping on the devil? Let me tell you, every time you get up and worship, I'm going to tell you, every time your foot comes down, you're stomping on the enemy. It's about time for us to run the devil out of this church. We need to take control. Woo! Come on. I've got this, Lord. He's out of here. He's out of here. Woo! Oh, shoot. My goodness. I don't know how much more of this I can stand. Whew. Hallelujah. In our scripture text, he said, don't remove the ancient landmark. So that word just kind of took me, you know. I'm a little ancient maybe, but I never told you all why I got chosen to pastor or to preach over there today. I met Pastor Friels the other day in Walmart, and he said, I'm beside me. He said, good, I was just getting ready to call you, and I'm leaving here. He said, here you are. He said, you know, we sat down, and we began to talk. So said, we're going to have old-fashioned day. And said, who's the oldest minister you know in this area? He said, please, your name was the first come up. <laughs> He's 68 going on 16. 
He said, I don't want you to take that as wrong things. That's a good thing. He said, you're carrying a legacy around here. He said, so we thought we'd bring you back home. He said, we're so excited. And we walked in the door and everybody said, man, I don't guess he told his church yet. He's afraid they'd all stay home probably. <laughs> Hadn't told him yet. We started walking in the door and he said, my, what a nice surprise to see you and Sister McGee here today. So what in the world are you doing here? I said, well, I'm here by special request. So we just had church. Old-fashioned church. He gave the songbooks back today. He took down that, you know, no, no media. So I didn't have to worry. I give you what I was going to give them. I come back home and we're using media. We're not old-fashioned. You better be before I get through. Glory. <laughs> come on. That word ancient means, and you listen to this, because this will shake your very existence. If it don't, I'm going to pray for I'm going to lay hands on you and pray for you. It means a duration extending into the indefinite future. Ancient. Listen to this. I like it. Continuing without change. Mercy, this is good stuff. Day by day, without beginning or ending. Does that? The ancient of days. Come on, church. This thing is to go on, and the landmarks are never to be moved. Come on. You know what the enemy is doing in our day? We are called in question about our landmarks. And the enemy is trying to squeeze us in and take our territory. But I feel like there's going to be a broadening of our landmarks. We're the only ones that can move them. I got a right. If it isn't truth, then I can move the landmark. See, the enemy, he wants to squeeze it in where you don't have any room to worship. Come on. He'd like to take your prayer room away. Come on. He'd like to take your Sunday school room away. He'd like to squeeze you down in just a little old place where there's no room to worship and no room to grow. But I'm telling you early, church, it's not going to happen in the apostolic movement. Brother Freddie, we have worked too long and too hard, prayed too long, prayed too hard to let the enemy move our landmarks. Come on. Hallelujah. I'm not going to allow him. I'm telling you, I'm bishop and I'm on the wall. And I'm watching for the enemy to come. And I'm going to warn the church if I see him coming. Well, I wasn't going there, but I'm going to. A few weeks back, we were preaching at Brother Aldridge's. Now, I'm telling you, I'm worried about our apostolic movement. You men sitting here, some of you church people, there is in the past some of the old camp meetings of the past, men that have spoken in our camp meetings that were men of God moved upon by the Holy Ghost that gave revelation, come on, that give future prophecies, And we have seen them coming to pass knowing that they were real and right. But those same men are not right now. They've lost their way. Somebody's moved the boundaries. Man, there's a stool around here someplace. Yeah, here. Is it in here? Oh, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Let me tell you what's happening. This is the trend of the world today and it's worked its way into the apostolic movement and I'm worried about it. 
That's all right. I'll be real careful. He's worried about daddy. He can come up and hold me on if he needs to. But you know what's being done now? They take the podium away. And they've set them a little seat up here. And they get up there and they prop that up. And Yes, God. And they do their little sermonette. They're dressed in their blue jeans. Not there's anything wrong with blue jeans. Hey, back in the years, that's all people had to wear. But I'm going to tell you something. We've come a long ways, baby. And I'm going to wear what God's given me to wear. Come on. This is his house. And my pastor, Pastor Sizemore, taught me that when you come into the house of God to be dressed your very best because you're representing the best. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. And they've let out on holiness. And they're bringing the world into the church. We're putting on a program and... Now, programs to a certain extent is all right, but you know what a program is? It's a prepackaged something or other that's worked for somebody one time or someplace or other. That's a, a program. Not every program works for every church. I told him this morning, the method of your message may change. The method. But the message never changes. It's still... The message, it's still the Word of God. It's still truth, unadulterated, not candy-coated, not watered down, but straight from the book. This is where we're headed if we don't guard our landmark. My son, I'm going to talk about you. Only probably yours was burning that weekend. Brother Aldridge asked me a question. We were sitting at the table. He began to talk about all of these, and he started naming names. I said, yes, sir. He said, Brother McGee. He said, you know, now the pastor's son's got it, and he's got his little stool. And he's growed his little beard and he's got on his blue jeans and he's having church, sitting on a stool. He said, Brother McGee, what would you do that that was your son? He said, That'd be a hard thing to do. What would you do? I said, Brother, I'm gonna tell you right now. Me and my son sit down and have a little talk. And I might have to end up laying hands on him and praying for him. I said, Because I'm not gonna stand for truth. I'm not going to stand for the landmarks to be moved. Are you understanding what I'm saying, church? We cannot afford to let the world move our landmarks and take away, come on, our territory. I'm taking it back. I'm taking it back. I'm taking back what the devil stole from me. Oh, I'm taking it back. I'm taking my kids back. I'm taking... Oh, my kids back. I'm taking my grandkids back. I'm taking my nieces and my nephews back. I'm taking it back. Church, we need to take it back. I'm taking my worship back. I'm taking my prayer time back. I'm taking my fasting. I'm taking my worship. I'm taking my miracles, my signs and wonders back. It's day by day, year by year, without change, indefinite. If it's indefinite, it's until eternity to me. I'm worrying about it, church. 
the spiritual landmarks that set birth fire. You can be seated. The landmarks are precious. This truth was set in place over 2,000 years ago. But now it's called in question. They might have changed, and they might have given a lot of translations of the Bible, but it's all the Word of God. Hallelujah. Glory. See, today's, even some of our apostolic movement has scorned the ancient landmark. And maybe not in their words, but in their actions and and a lot of times in the words. You know, the the ancient landmarks are relics of days gone by. Impatient of restraint. They don't, hey, the world, they don't like restraint. They seek a wider range of thought and of action. Come on now. Let me, t- come on now, if, if this is not right, then set me down. But They're indulged in novelties. They say away with dogma. A day, away with creeds and away with what is called legalism. That's, that's the, I'm sorry, but that's those. Well, I better not call them by name. But it's them anyway. It's a way, it's the way, it's a way that they talking about our standards. Hey, do you know what that that's nothing but a standard? That was the standard for your property. Are you gonna let the devil come in and take your property? See, see, David caught on to this when he was a shepherd. They come and stole the lamb out of daddy's sheep. That lion thought he's going to get away with it. He grabbed him by the beard. He woped him up and down a few times and took the lamb back home. The bear come and he grabbed one of them. And David goes and takes care of business again, brings him back. Let me tell you what that's telling me, brother. In our day and age, the old enemy, what he does is he wants to come in and steal a lamb out of your flock. And if you'll let him get by with that the first time and never say something, he'll be back tomorrow to get another one. Come on, church. I'm telling you, the enemy wants to steal sheep out of the church. But I'm telling you, there's some landmarks set up, and we need to tell him, you're not welcome. Get out of the house. We need to run him out of the house. We need to run him out of town. Come on. And we as Christians need to take this city by force because the violent take it by force. And when I get mad at the devil, I'm violent. I just want to box him around a little bit. You know, pick him up in the neck, squeeze him real good. Put a chokehold on him. Instead, if we're not careful, we'll allow him in and we let him breathe in our midst. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory. They scorned the landmarks. Yet God has put a seal on his people. Is that nothing but a mark? Jacob wrestled with the angel. And he went away. With a mark of his encounter with an angel. If I'm going to go away with a mark, let it be because I fought an angel and won. Woo, we need some Jacobs in the house. He said, I'm not going to turn loose until you bless me. What's your name? He said, it's Jacob. He said, it will no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. Because you've had a battle with God and you've won. You prevailed. You won. Everybody said, I've won. I've won. Excited bunch. 
Somebody say, I've won. I've won. Woo, that sounds more apostolic to me. I like it. Don't let him move your landmarks. Glory. Yeah, just hold on a minute. Got a little job to do here. Come on, Brother Daniel. You sit down there, brother. I'm going to make you go get your own chair. Go get your chair. You can do that to grandchildren, you know. Brother Heath, what are you laughing about? You go get you one of the chairs and guard back there. But James, I need you on one of those landmarks there at the back. Go get you a chair. I'm telling you, I'm tired after guarding the, the, the landmarks. Come on. We've put a lot of years in service in, and I'm tired. I'm getting weary of it. I need some people to help me. Come on, church. You want to help your pastor? Come on, get you a chair and guard the landmarks. Don't let anybody move them. Say, pastor's preaching truth, and I'm not going to allow anybody to move my landmark. All this clapping going on. Can you see the old devil going, I've got to move it. I'll take on this smaller guy here. I'm going to move your landmark, buddy. Come on. Let me tell you. You know, that old dude, he is so stupid that he picks on. Come on. You know, he tries to find the weakest. He's hunting the weak spot in our church. And he'll start working on that weak spot. Yeah. Yeah, I should have got you, you dose. I'm telling you. Sitting back here hiding from Papa like that. How dare you? They're playing football and tackling, naming the paper, doing so good. You need to be in the church guarding the landmarks. Get beefed up, son. You're going to need it. Come on. We need some big guys that's guarding the landmarks. Come on. We need capable people. Brother Freddie's growing weary. Somebody needs to guard the landmarks. Pastor's getting wary. Brother Mason's getting wary. Brother Cook's getting wary. Somebody needs to guard the landmark. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm feeling it in here tonight. Woo! Heart surgery must have worked. Thank you, Jesus. I began to wonder why in the world I was having such a hard time working my way back. Pastor, I began to think, you know, and I've thought about this even in midnight hours and early morning hours. I thought, you know, I have no idea how many people had their hands on me in that operating room. They was imparting something to me. And I'm not sure all that's good. I've been praying against all that. Anytime somebody lays hands on you, they're imparting. It's an impartation. Be careful who lays hands on you. If they're not right, no, sir, Joe. Come on. If they're not living right, uh-uh. No, sir. You're not imparting that to me. You're not moving my landmark. I'm not going to accept you. No, sir. Pastor, you can lay your hands on me all you want. Pray for me all you want. You ministers, just go ahead and pray for me. I can handle it. But don't try to impart something to me. That's not truth. That's not real. 
Nobody's gonna move my landmark. I stand against the devil in Jesus' name. You can call me a relic if you want to. This relic still works. After heart surgery, after diabetes, this relic still works. Let me tell you, that old song that my daughter used to sing, I wish you were here to sing it, under the anointing. The old weapon still works. I preached about the mantle, Elijah's mantle. It passed it down to Elijah, dropped it on the way up, and it still worked. He went back and tried it out, right? And it worked all the time he had it. I never find a place that thing was washed and dried. I don't know where it was smelly or not, but it worked. Somebody said the old weapon still works. Let me tell you how good it is. Some of you going through problems. Man, I wish Bishop was here to pray for me. Well, bless God, if you just call me, let me send the word. Because the Bible says he sent his word and healed them. There's healing in this word. While I'm preaching tonight, somebody could receive their deliverance. Because this thing still works. There's power. I may be speaking it, but it's Jesus speaking it. I'm just an instrument. He's speaking through me. Just send the word and heal him. What do you think the devil thinks about that? See, you have to block the airways, buddy. Speeding this word. Oh, I got to hurry up. I'm, I'm having way too much fun. Hallelujah. Restraint. You know. Let's open up the range of thought and action. We, we want to indulge in some things. Let's get rid of the standards. Let's get rid of the landmarks. Then we can really have church. If you want to have devil worship church, yes, you can. We need to take this city by force. Let me tell you how to do it. Pray. Pastor, may be a time to get to a Brother Chesser tape out and listen to about 45 minutes of prophecy again. 2009, what God said to this church. Don't forget the revival that's been promised. So, well, I ain't seen it yet, but I'm telling you, we're heading toward it. You know why? Because some people has took it upon themselves and said, I refuse to be tied down by the devil. Come on. I refuse. Come on. I, come on, let me sit here. I got to sit by you. I refuse to let the devil take any of my family. So, well, I've got them. No, <laughs> no, sir. As long as there's a spark, all I got to do is ignite it. You, bet. you better stay with me. <sighs> it hadn't been too long ago that I watched my twin daughter on a Sunday morning when Pastor was preaching. And the tears began to roll down her face. And I I'm not so sure there wasn't a little Holy Ghost moving there. I'm not even sure there wasn't some tongues being spoken. You know why? Because he lit the fire inside of her. Come on. That fire isn't out. Come on. This Holy Ghost fire is now, church. We need to relight it. Blow on it. Keep it going. Get the billows of praise out on it. done stomping. You've just started. Yeah. 
Them babies are sitting there for a re. I know you think I'm picking on you, and I am. Do you? Don't you forget it either. I've got the right. I earned it. You got me up too many times, three and four and five o'clock in the morning. I've earned the right to pick on her. I love her to death just like my own kid. That's why I pick on her. And I'll pick on Josh too. I don't leave him out. Come on, church. Hallelujah. You feel the Holy Ghost in here? Well, I'm feeling something in here. There's something stirring. I don't even know which way to go yet. So I'm not preaching other than a whole nother sermon. Watch out. Oh, Jesus. See, I want to tell you what I'm worried about. I'm worried about the generation that's coming up now. Let me just remind you, Judges 2 and 10. Let me remind you. And also, all that generation were gathered unto their fathers. The, old, the ancients have gone. And there arose another, everybody said another, generation after them. Which knew not the Lord. This is where we're at in our day. There is a generation right now that don't know the Lord, don't want nothing to do with the Lord. They want to get as far from church as they can. 40% of Mount Carmel never darkens a church door. That is staggering. I figured that up. I don't remember what it was, but I, I know the brother Alder, he said, Brother McGee, I believe it's that way up here. 40%. I looked at the state of Illinois, and if I remember right, if, if 40% of, of, of Illinois never darkens the church door, that's 5.182 million people that don't know God. I mean, that's good. That, and Lord knows what all of them is going to church to. It's just talking about those that stay home. And you think we haven't got a work to do in this city with 2,900 people that never darkens a church door on Sunday morning. And we've got a van sitting out here that's not running. We don't have anybody to run it. We don't have anybody with a burden. Come on. Let's look at our landmarks and say, we got to take some territory. We got to do something about it. Come on. We got to do something about this church. Oh, oh Jesus. I'm trying. I'm trying. Hallelujah. See, the enemy's just waiting to move your landmarks. Let me remind you, if you allow the enemy to move the landmark, you haven't lost part of your inheritance. You've lost it all. See, see, we've, I'm sorry, but this, this is the day and hour that we live. Oh, Pastor, what would be wrong with us, you know, just doing this? We, we won't indulge. We just get on the edge of it. A lot of good people that lived on the edge fell over into the abyss. You know what, church? We need to quit seeing how close we can get to the world without mixing. We need to move away from them. We need to be different. Living too close to edge, that's exactly what it is. Don't you go back to sleep back there and garden the landmark. I'll have to come back there and wake you up. Maybe you haven't had to fight for your landmark early. Maybe I'll just wrestle you a little bit. What's wrong? We've got people in the church that's never had to fight for their landmark. You know what? You hear me. Because all of the men that have come up before has guarded them, and they've never had to worry about anything. These young whippersnappers. Bless God, I love them. Landmark boy. We need to make them work. Brother Cook, I'm behind you 100% to put them to work. 
get them busy. Come on. You know what? You never know how good it is to have church until you've had to fight for it. Brother Terry, we've had to fight for everything we've got in this church. Brother Freddie, we've had a battle on our hands from the very start. In the first church, we watched 25 people at one time walk out the stinking door. And I thought, oh, my Lord. But after he's gone for a week, I said, thank you, Jesus. Woo! Man, I can preach now. I can shout again. Come on. Hey, let me tell you something. He separates the tares and the wheat. But we got to guard our landmarks because what they're doing, trying to move them. I don't want people in my church. Oh, boy, it's, it's about to get heavy. Shoo, Pastor, you behind me? It's God giving messages and tongues and interpretations and then going outside and puffing on one. I said, ain't going to have no more here, buddy. None of it's going to happen here. Twenty-five of them walked out the door. You know why? They didn't want a pastor. They wanted a free-for-all. Let's, come on, we want some change. We want to spread the borders. No, sir, I'm not going to allow you to move the landmark. Come on. Men have set them there years ago and they're still guarded. They're not going to be moved. It's over my dead body. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm headed there. y'all. So, don't lose your inheritance. I'm about to close, brother. Musicians can come. I really am. I'm, I'm trying. Sister McGee, I'm longer winded than I was this morning. You was going to, I thought, set alarm for me. I didn't, I didn't have, well, yeah, I do. I got my phone. Oh, well, everything that's said is supposed to be said, I guess. Psalms 94. I want, I, want, I want you to keep this verse. These verses I want you to keep. Because I think this is where we're living today. 94 and 7. Yet they say, the Lord shall not see. Neither shall the God of Jacob regard it. Understand, you brutish among the people and you fools. When will ye be wise? He that planteth the ear, shall he not hear? And he that formed the eye, shall he not see? He that chasteneth the heathen shall not he correct. And he that teacheth man knowledge shall he not know. And you think anybody's going to get by with moving the landmark without our God knowing it? Thank you, men. You can, you can all be seated if you want to. If you like where you're at, garden, and you just keep on gardening. Drew, I got one more seat up here. You could take Alex's place and guard it. He don't want to. Look at him. He's afraid I'll pick on him. You know, I believe there's that spirit in the world today that says, ah, God don't see. He'll never notice. Well, well there, there's this spirit in the world today that apostolics, United Pentecostal, ALJC, that when they get out of the country or someplace, they feel like they can just go all out and do things that they would never do at home. What kind of Holy Ghost you got? Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. No shadow of turning in Him. No variableness at all. And you say you can wear something when you're someplace else? That you don't wear at home? You know what it is? It's nothing more than the old enemy that's trying to move the landmark.
Tonight we can stand. I know all of you may not need to come to the altar, but I'm going to tell you something. I believe it's time that we take a stand and say, okay, I'm not going to allow the enemy to move any landmarks. I'm holding on to my land. Come on. I'm holding on to my truth. Nothing's going to steal my truth. Hey, I preach this at Straight Home Church. Let me tell you. Sister McGee, did I preach it this way there? Pastor told me the other day, he, he gave me the okay. He said, he said, I'm not a casual Christian. I don't believe in this casual junk. He said, I think it's time to get busy and win souls. He said, if they're going to be on my platform, they're going to be dressed right. Come on. He said, I'm not saying that people come, can't wear some things, but if you're going to represent the king, then you're going to dress like for the king. Oh, Jesus. How many of you is wanting to guard the landmark? I love you all tonight. I'm going to go home wore out. I won't have no trouble sleeping tonight. I've sweated through and through twice today. But I hope some way that I stirred your heart and mind to let you realize that we got something worth fighting for. Don't let the enemy take the landmark. God bless you tonight. This altar is open as they sing. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.